posted a Q&A question about children and imaginary friends, and it presented three ways of approaching it. There's children with imaginary friends who make up imaginary friends and they need the companionship. There's another perspective that looks at imaginary friends as a mask, as a way for children to express the kinds of emotions and feelings that they're experiencing or holding onto and not sharing. And then there's the third perspective of children who have intuitive abilities and their mediums. And what this means is they're communicating with beings that might not be visible to the everyday common eye. They're interacting with energy. They're seeing into the other world and communicating with it. And that might be a bit startling at first and it might be difficult for other people to understand if they're not inclined to think that way. This week we're looking into the topic of kindergarten mediums, what it means to be a medium, why it's more active in earlier years of a child's life, and the kinds of things that you may or may not need to do. I'll also be sharing a story from my own experience as a school teacher working in a school with kindergarten mediums. Hello and welcome, wherever you are in the world, to the Clairvoyant in the Classroom podcast. I'm Nathan Starho, a clairvoyant healer and a classroom teacher, and I'm here to share my message about the natural, inborn, intuitive abilities that each of us has access to and how they can be blended to support the work that you do as a classroom teacher. A medium is someone who acts as a bridge to the spirit world. You could think of it as someone who's like a mediator or a secretary that can relay messages and information from the world of the living and the world of the deceased. While we're talking about the concept of deceased, it's important to look at it in the sense that we are all living regardless of what form we have. And what this means is that we all have a soul and when we reach the end of life, our soul leaves the body and the soul continues to exist. So we're neither dead or alive, we're alive and alive. So the soul lives on in a new form. And regardless of your belief system, there's a version of heaven out there for everyone where every soul can choose how they want to live out the rest of their days, usually based around some kind of pleasant memories, experiences, and moments of their former life. Then there are times where the deceased are not aware of their own 
physical death, meaning that they get stuck and just need a little bit of guidance to find their way into the next phase of their journey. You could think of it like, say, if you were riding in a bus and you accidentally got off at the wrong stop or the bus took off without you because you didn't want to get on or you forgot to get on. It's a bit like that. Using that analogy can help to describe it a little bit more. Now, all of us have the capacity to interpret and understand the spirit world, and all of us are born this way. Children are usually more inclined to talk about this kind of stuff or experience this kind of stuff. Now, as we get older, we become more settled into the ways of the world, and we currently live in a society that values things like logic and analysis and theory and procedure and we don't actually acknowledge the abilities that so i really want to emphasize that being a medium or being a kindergarten medium is nothing to be afraid of the stuff that you see in horror movies or ghost movies is not what it's like to be a medium. That's Hollywood. That's dramatised. That's meant for entertainment. The way that a medium experiences their interactions with the spirit world usually come through the extension of their current senses. They might hear, they might feel, they might see, or they might receive inspiration in the form of thoughts. So I'm going to share a story with you that goes back to my teaching days in Okinawa, Japan. It was a pretty open-minded teacher friend that I was working with who asked me to clean out the energy of the high school building that we were working in because he felt a little bit unsettled and he wasn't sure what it was. So the next day I brought my sage to school and I waited until it was after hours and I cleared out the energy of the room by burning sage and passing the smoke through every room, every corner, every cupboard. And that was that. I didn't pick up on anything as I walked through that building and as I was finishing up, one of the senior teachers asked me what I was doing. So I told him, I'm just cleaning out the energy of the building. And he said, okay, very good, carry on. And then the following day, my principal called me up and asked me, Nathan, could you please take a look at the primary and preschool building? think there's something that you need to do to this building because some of our teachers here are really, really scared. And I said, oh, what do you mean by that? She proceeded to tell me that some of the preschool and primary teachers could hear footsteps 
in the building when they were working there later in the evening and they were on their own. She was telling me about things going missing from their classrooms when they were on their own. And she also proceeded to tell me that the children in the preschool department were all gathered in a corner of their building talking to someone who the teachers couldn't see. And this really, really freaked out the preschool teachers. She said that this happened several times already and it was very unusual behaviour for the preschool children to display. But they were talking as if there was someone there. I agreed to go in and to clear out the building after hours. And so I started with the top floor. There wasn't really anything in there. I started out with my sage and cleared that all out. And then I went downstairs into the preschool. And as I got to one of the particular corners of the classroom, I felt the presence of two young children. And when I tuned into it more, it looked like they had been probably passing through that kind of area in what looked like very torn and ragged clothes. And my interpretation of that was that they were kids who were trying to get away from the war. You know, there was the Battle of Okinawa 50 years ago. When I lived in Okinawa, there were quite a lot of souls who had fallen off that bus and needed help going into the next phase of their journey. And this presented itself here at my school with these two children that I saw. They didn't know they'd died because it had happened all so suddenly. So they might have been caught in some kind of warfare. They had been struggling to process what had actually happened. So here were these two disconnect kids. I sent them off to the light. I helped them cross into the next world. And from there, the incident stopped. And my principal was so relieved. And the office ladies asked if I was a priest. <laughs> but no, I'm a classroom teacher. I'm clairvoyant in the classroom. Perhaps some of you may have had these experiences yourselves, or you might have had a particular corner of the school that just doesn't feel right to go to, or there's just that part of the school or the building that feels a bit cold and you don't know why it feels colder there. Perhaps you might have something there. Perhaps you might have someone that needs to be moved on or guided into the next part of their journey. So having these kinds of abilities can be really healing for the souls that need to move on and for the people who experience the confusion and the misunderstanding. And my intention with Clairvoyant in the classroom is to help bridge this gap 
to help equip teachers with skills to understand more about child development. You know, being intuitive and being psychic is no longer a privilege or something to read about in, say, a mystic book or see in a film or see in a sensationalised kind of way. It's moving into seeing this as an everyday part of life and how people from all different walks of life have access to this. The important thing to do as a parent or a teacher, if you do have any of these children in your classroom or you know, you know some families with kids who talk about this kind of stuff, is just listen respectfully without making too many judgments. I know everyone has a different path and everyone has a different story to tell and listen respectfully. It doesn't mean that you label a child as soon as you hear it or it doesn't mean that they're sick or there's something wrong with them or it doesn't mean that they need drugs to suppress these kinds of abilities. And I know I've heard of, say, paediatricians or psychologists working in education or around education who would almost instantly classify these kinds of behaviour as something wrong. And it's not that someone who has psychic abilities are broken. It's just that our society doesn't value them. And what I mean by that is that we're not taught in school how to recognize them or how to celebrate them. Psychic abilities are sensationalized through TV shows. And sometimes that's great because it gives a little bit of insight into how it works. And other times not so great because it just helps to feed into the perspectives of misunderstanding. So it can go either way. But my big suggestion is to keep an open heart and an open mind and just make observations. You can ask your questions as long as they're polite without judgment, without ridicule. And from my experience of working with psychic children, you know, talking with them on the playground or consulting with their families or having them come in for workshops, is that I've noticed that if the children do not understand this or those around them ridicule them for having these abilities, it really can impact their self-esteem. It's very emotionally taxing on them. It's crushing for them to have their friends and their family or, you know, the people at school making fun of them for things that are very real and true for them. It's like if you had a certain lens that you were seeing the world through and those around you couldn't understand it, what do you do? You shut down. You re 
suppress your emotions, you withdraw from others, and this can have very damaging effects in the long run. If there's anything that you're unsure of and you come across, say, psychic children or kindergarten mediums, I understand that you may not know who to turn to. Well, here I am. This is part of the reason why I started Clairvoyant in the Classroom, to debunk the myths around intuitive abilities, psychic children, kindergarten mediums, and to give teachers a better overall understanding that there's so much more out there than what we can see, think, hear and feel with our regular senses. There are things that we can learn outside of school that may not always relate to the curriculum and they go beyond the textbooks and other prescribed materials that we teach day in, day out. You're a teacher, keep an open mind, be curious, make those discoveries on your own or in a study group, have those conversations with others, seek out like-minded individuals and find new ways to express yourself. I know sometimes it can seem like the growing list of things to do keeps growing and growing and growing, but my suggestion is to take time to pursue knowledge and learn new skills that can help you to become a better teacher, to help you to understand children better. And this, my friends, is something that you can actively do to help you to understand those around you more. Everyone can learn to respectfully understand what it means to be a medium so that they can give those that experience these types of things, whether it be children or adults, to give them the support that they need. I hope you enjoyed this week's topic on kindergarten mediums and psychic children. I'll be talking a lot more about this topic as this is one of the topics that I'm extremely passionate about. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share and subscribe to our channels and you can keep updated with our regular updates on Facebook and Instagram, as well as our website, which is www.clairvoyantintheclassroom.com. Thanks for joining us this week, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye now.